Welcome to LesPod. You are here, my friends, because you believe in the LGBT community and the importance of sharing our individual stories to help impact one another. Our goal with the show is to introduce you to people and ideas that are actually going to help you pursue your dreams and empower you to believe in yourself. My name is Alex Friedlander, and I'm here to introduce you to remarkable people who have helped shift the world we live in today. Today's guest is Lolo D, the famous TikToker who has inspired hundreds of thousands of people by simply being herself and showcasing, you know, different aspects of her life, whether it be um, who she is as an individual, her coming out story, um, what it's like to be in a relationship and what it's like to be a member of the LGBT community. So I just wanna get everyone to help me welcome Lilo to the show. Lilo, it's Lolo. I'm, I'm sorry, Lolo. All good, all good. I was like, wait a minute. And you know what people normally do? They normally say Lola, which is like my pet peeve. <laughs> but it's all right. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be working with you and I love what you're doing. So let's do it. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Um, I wish you were here in person, but you're all the way in New York City. Um, but you're on, I, wish a I was in Miami as well. Trust me, <laughs> yeah, but you made it to a Miami lesbian podcast, which is fucking awesome. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, you know, I, I wanted to reach out to you because I think that you have a lot of value to give to the LGBT community. Um, you've had a lot of experiences of putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, sharing your story, sharing your experiences, and dealing with constructive criticism and then just criticism, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just wanna kind of educate the audience as to, you know, who you are, um, you know, what does Lolo stand for um, as a person, as a member of the LGBT community? Uh, let's just go ahead and start with that. All right, sure. Um, I am. Currently, uh, a content creator that represents the uh, POC and LGBTQ community, and um, yeah, I just like to make relatable content with uh, where people can have a, a safe place to feel like they can come and either find uh, you know light in their day by coming and watching some funny content and enjoying some comedy, or if they just want to come and hang out and. Um, just feel like you know there's a space for them to come and be themselves. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm doing right now. Um, and then here and there doing some podcasts and some articles and stuff like that. But yeah, pretty simple. A lot of people think that everything's so complex and that I'm doing this and that. But I say I'm a pretty simple person. That's a beautiful thing. I think simplicity is um, viewed as something that isn't interesting enough. And I think that. Being able to say that you're, you know, you're a simple person shows your humility as an individual, you know, that you're just trying to be an average human, you know, pursuing their passions, which is pretty cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think there's a lot of people that need to like humble themselves really, because I think it gets to people's heads that they get this large following and quickly, and you have all these people to look up to, but I'm like, 
a lot of these people, they, they kind of just let it get to their heads. So I'm like, man, it's every day. I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows that I'm just another human. Like, please don't put me on a pedestal or anything like that. Like we've had a conversation before everyone's equal in my opinion. So. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your childhood, what, what it was to grow up as you, um, you know, did you realize that you were, um, I don't know what you identify as, and I just want to, you know, be correct when it comes to that. Um, but I believe that you, you, uh, identify as gay, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and, and I just want to know, you know, did you know at a young age that you were gay? Did you know that something was different? Um, and how was your childhood in general when it came to your family, your mental health, you know, the things that you saw, that you were exposed to. Um, At the end of the day, I think that everyone's parents did the best they could with the circumstances and the environments that they were in. So I think, um, yeah, like, I'd love to hear your story. Sure, sure. So you are correct. I identify as lesbian, she, her. So you're right on that. Um, My childhood, I I was raised in a really, really Christian uh, family. Um, so obviously it's going to be a little bit, you know, frowned upon as far as like, you know, being queer or in the LGBTQ, um, growing up, I guess you could say, I knew that I found girls maybe like a little more attractive than per se what's normal. So like, I always put it off for a while, just kind of like, nah. Nah, couldn't. Nah, okay, she's cute, but nah. So, and this started very young for me. So, it probably started around like five or six. I started thinking like my friends were like really pretty, or just kind of just you know, you know, you know. So, um, as I got a little bit older, I still I kept it so hidden. And whenever people have conversations about like lesbians or like the gay community, we all like. Be like oh yeah that's gross like how can people you know participate in that lifestyle and I always felt like I overcompensated to act super straight to hide the fact that I had these inner feelings of like okay like I'm super fruity but uh I went out of my way like I was the type of girl that would wear like I love boy bracelets like I went out of my way to like start dressing with like my boobs hanging out and stuff whenever I started like high school because I had a really androgynous look my entire life so like I had this like curly hair, but I didn't have a lot of products in it. I was like a big tomboy. So I was always wearing like t-shirts and stuff like that until high school. So I was so sick of hearing like, are you a boy or girl? So (laughs) and then got to high school and like my dad gave me like this freedom to go like do my own shopping and stuff. I went like out of control. Like, I mean, I was trying to show almost nipple. That's how much titties I was was really going all in trying to like fit this look. I'm tired of hearing y'all say that I look gay or that I am I a boy or a girl. So um, I really didn't come to terms with my sexuality, I'd say, until probably early high school. So I would say like 14 and 15, I started to you know, watch these TV shows that had like lesbians on there, like bisexual girls. And I'm like, oh my God, like I find this way too hot when these girls kiss. And like, I really 
was starting to do like my research, like I was like, these celebrities are hot. Megan Fox did it for me. Oh my God. That one right there. Transformed I the feel first you, one. sister. I feel you. <laughs> that one did it for me. So yeah, I didn't really start to come to terms until um, I was a teenager and um, my family was unaware the entire time. So it didn't really come out until unfortunately I got caught. That's when it came out. You got caught in what way? <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> so this was about either 14 or 15. I was hanging out with a friend, which, you know, that's what they always are. Whenever you bring girls over that you're interested in. Uh, I was hanging out with a girl and uh, we were in my room and then she like gets on top of me and we start making out. And then here my dad comes through the door and he's like checking on like, you know, what do y'all want for dinner or something like that. And immediately I'm like, <gasps> and she's like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm looking at my dad, like, thank God you saved me because uh, she just, you know, uh, hopped on me. And, you know, the girl's like four foot 11. I'm five eleven. I'm a huge chick. So <laughs> I'm looking at him like, thank God you popped in. I don't know what this girl was going to do. She's taking advantage of me. So then he immediately like, get out of here. Uh, well, not get out of here. He was like, come talk to me. And then he's like, tell her to leave. Tell her parents, they got to come get her. And then we had a conversation. But even then we kind of like never touched on it again. Me and my dad don't have that type of relationship to where we would sit down and talk about it. He'd rather avoid it and just kind of pretend like it didn't happen. So he accepted the fact that I was like, yeah, dad, she came on to me. I was like super uncomfortable. I don't know what that girl was doing. Thank God you got her out of here, you know? So <laughs> that was my first uh, experience with that. That's, uh, that's pretty funny. And how did you feel? Did you feel like when you were alone with yourself as an individual, did you feel like any shame or that you were doing anything wrong or felt like it wasn't the right way to go about life or anything like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I questioned all the time within myself why I feel this way and obviously with societal standards and how my family raised me with these religious and Christian beliefs um it obviously creates some uh discomfort and worry and like insecurity like I just was really like dude what's wrong with me I, I was convinced something was wrong with me yeah and do you do you still today practice um it's Christianity that that your family is that practices I, yeah. So I'm, I'm still a Christian. I just, it, it's such a better feeling to be a Christian and be a Christian that can relate to other people um, that are also in the same community, because a lot of people obviously have the stigma behind religions that they're going to shove it down your throat. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what they've done to us when we go to church and they look at us funny or they single us out because we're gay. So, um, me being a Christian, it's super, it, it's cool. I like it. That's great. How did you deal? Did you ever get singled out while you were in church or in a church setting? Uh, more just made felt uncomfortable. So like when I changed my look after I had left from the house, um, the, the nest, if you will, at like 18, um, and I cut my hair, changed my look and then coming back to like my hometown in Houston, um, visiting church was uncomfortable now people are kind of like oh you cut your hair <laughs> or, oh like you dress a little different so and then uh I ended up finding out later that my dad uh, was having conversations with 
people that I was close with at the church, you have to realize I was going to this church for like years and years and years. So he was talking to them about my sexuality and they wanted to fix it. And so I knew these things now. And so visiting back, it was just awkward because I'm like, oh my God, my dad's over here telling these folks all my business. And they're now on a mission to, like I said, fix me. So pray the gay away, if you will. <laughs> pray the gay away. I love that. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, hell no. <laughs> Not wow. Wow. So that's, um, that's a lot to go through as a kid, you know, to experience that and to, you know, kind of feel a little outcasted as an individual when you're just trying to figure out who you are. So I'm proud of you for coming this far and being the person that you are today. Um, let's fast forward to, um, you know, what inspired you to become a content creator you know, what, what was it like one day you just picked up the, the phone or like, was like TikTok's hot. I'm going to try it out. Or I wasn't even probably hot when you started. It was probably just, you know, just starting out. I think it was two years ago that you started doing TikTok, yeah. right? So, you know, what inspired you to pick up that phone and start creating content? Uh, it's no real like special story or anything that's like crazy. So my girlfriend at the time, which is an ex, um, her kids were like, oh my God, TikTok, TikTok this, TikTok that. Mind you, they're little. Like at the time they were probably like seven and five and they were obsessed with TikTok. They had like um, her old cell phones that, you know, obviously weren't paid for. They didn't have like a, a plan, but they could hook up to the Wi-Fi. And so they'd be recording all these TikToks. And then I started seeing people on my social media post like videos with the little stamp you know how if you save a video from tiktok it says tiktok in your handle yeah they started posting i was like well so is this not a kid thing and so i saw it more and more so i was like whatever fine i'll download it so i ended up downloading it and i scrolled the for you page which i thought was so weird because it's nothing like we've ever had before like we had facebook you know instagram so this app was weird to me so i'm scrolling i'm like these are all children, literal children. It was, it, it brought like the dad out of me. Like, why is she wearing that half top like that? Like, I see that girl's belly button and she's over here. You know, these girls are out here twerking all that. These girls are like 13 or 14. So I deleted the app. That's whenever I first downloaded it. I deleted it. I said, okay, this is where kids are. I'm not even about that life, whatever. And then I started to see it more and more and more amongst people that were my age. So when I finally, I, I, yeah, I caved in again and I downloaded it again. And yeah, it seemed like there had been made a niche for like actual grown people. So I said, all right, whatever. And there was this trend. I don't know if you remember the don't judge me challenge on Facebook where people would like draw on like eyebrows and like make a gap in their teeth and make themselves like really ugly. And then like it would transition to you being all hot and dressed up, hair done, like, and all the stuff was off your face. Did you ever see that? No, that doesn't ring a bell, but I'm glad you're sharing it. That's that sounds okay. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a popular Facebook trend just a couple of years after I graduated high school. So that same trend was trending on TikTok. I was like, oh, well, I'm well versed in this. Come on, baby. Let's go. So that was my first TikTok I had ever posted was participating in that trend. And then, yeah, you get a couple hundred views with zero followers. You're kind of like, what's going on on here? So yeah, I got curious and 
you know, people and they, they start to get entitled. Not, to, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say entitled for that. They start to be like, when are you going to post more content? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I work a full-time job. This was just like a, uh, okay, well, let's try it type of thing. But then you get people that actually want to see you make content. And then, yeah, start to take it a little bit serious as um, I started to rise in followers without trying. And I was like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you just uh, jumped on and kept going, huh? Yeah, sort of, kind of. I mean, it was like a once every week or so. I'd be kind of bored and be like, yeah, okay, I'll post a TikTok. Or I'd be scrolling and see like a trend. I'm like, oh, that seems easy. Yeah, I'll, I'll go report that really quick. And then, like I said, people started reaching out. Uh, I think the one that really, really took off for me was my coming out story. And this is before you could add subtitles on a video. So I literally wrote out on a notebook, reversed, because the camera reverses. So I wrote backwards my coming out story on a tablet, the commitment, okay? Wow. My coming out story, and that kind of like took off for me. And then I started getting all these messages. I was flooded with so many people that are like, wow, that's so similar to what either I had going on or I look I look up to you to like be able to come out like that, you know, uh, one day, stuff like that. And once I started realizing that, you know, people cared and I was impacting so many people, I definitely felt um, like I, I had to do it. I felt uh, obligated, if you will. So, yeah, that's kind of how that started for me. That's pretty powerful. You know, sharing how you sharing your stories can impact somebody else to the point of not feeling alone, you know, having the courage to reach out to somebody who's a stranger and say, like, you've helped me or, you know, you've you've helped me understand myself better. That's powerful. You know, that's absolutely. That's and it almost takes, it almost takes a stranger to feel like you can just come to them and say something to them because sometimes you don't feel like you can tell your friends that you feel this way. You can't tell your family. So it almost takes sometimes a stranger on the internet that's out there being their authentic selves to not have a judgment in the world on you because they don't know you. So I think that's where that kind of plays a, a big part in that, where people are just kind of like, yeah, they just feel like they can, because it sounds crazy reaching out to a stranger, but I don't think it is. It's like, it's like the, the stigma behind it, you know, but it is reality. So for example, in my opinion, you know, we have this stigma that we shouldn't, you know, really speak to strangers stranger danger, all that bullshit that we, has been instilled into us by our, you know, by society, by family, by friends, by people who care about us. Um, and then on the, on the flip side, you know, you have the, the stranger on social media that has become the norm to be able to reach out to a stranger and say, Hey, you've helped me or, Hey, I can relate to your story. And to have that exchange is now become the norm getting into an Uber, you know, like uh, parents paying for their kids to get into an Uber. No one thought in the past that in the futures, you know, parents would be saying, I need you to get into a car with a stranger. They're going to drive you to A, B and C and make sure that you're home by 9 p.m. You know, like, so I think the whole stranger dynamic is shifting and we need to focus on the fact that strangers could actually really contribute to our lives if we think about it that way. I mean, it's not the, um, it's not abnormal to slide in people's DMs now. You know, yeah. online dating is one of the biggest forms of dating. And back, you know, maybe 10, 
15 years ago, it was, you know, looked upon like, ill online dating, you know, like just this, this uh, illusion that you would create of somebody that you'd be talking to on the other end. So I think that um, strangers engaging with strangers could actually bring a lot of value to people. And it's important to reach out, you know, it's important to reach out. And I think that you're creating that kind of platform for people. Um, When it comes to mental health, you know, where, where do you lie when it comes to mental health? Um, I know that you are a little bit of an advocate for that. Uh, can you share any experiences or, uh, stories with us that share your mental health and if you struggled with anything or had loved ones that have struggled? Sure. Uh, I'll speak to me directly, uh, just cause I don't want to, you know, speak on anyone else in my family's, you know, uh, experiences. And given that, um, like I said, that I came from a religious background and then coming out or being caught or however you want to word it, my family knowing or being aware that I'm gay, um, it, it, ha- it, it played a big toll in my mental health, especially because my dad to me is my knight in shining armor. This man took care of me through like uh, my mom you know, having me at 16 and being like, Hey, I'm not ready to parent yet. So I'm going to kind of like need to go adult. And then I'll come back, you know, as I please type of thing. He always, always, always sucked by my side. My dad's my OG. So, um, he's also the more, the more religious one. So I would say it, it was really tough because, um, he said some very, very hurtful things after, uh, catching me one day dressed masculine before I had ever came out and before he really had any idea that, you know, I was gay, he, right. um, he had told me, um, well, he caught me with a girl that I was talking to at the time that I met uh, via a, a, a friend from school. And uh, he was just like a fucking dyke. He was like a dyke. He was like, my pride and joy is a dyke. He was like, no daughter of mine will ever be a lesbian. And he was like, take that dyke shit off. He starts having me because at the time I'm wearing like my uncle's stuff because my uncle was staying with us. So I'm wearing like his cap and he could recognize I was wearing some of his clothes. Um, so he's like telling me, take it off. I took it off. So that right there had to be the lowest. I don't think I've ever been cut like that. I've been hurt, but I'd like to sound pretty mentally strong person. But to have the one person that you care about the most and you care about and you value what they think of you. Cause I mean, I guess I have pretty th- thick skin when it comes to anyone else, but to hear that coming from Batman, Oh my God, that was like, that was the biggest impact ever in my entire life. I ran. So after that instance, I ran to, to Dallas with this girl uh, that I was talking to that I got caught with at that time. And um, yeah, we didn't talk for months and months and months. And wow. during that time, it was so hard for me to not uh, first of all be uh reached out to by him I couldn't believe that we spent 18 years together and you could just let me go like that and then like speak to me like that so that really carried a lot of weight for me on my on my everything so um I never seek like I've never went to like therapy or anything like that and I just I'm so thankful that today in our in, in this generation that it's so much more available 
to people. And, and I think society is starting to realize that you're not crazy or psycho for going to therapy. And it could be very useful to go and speak to someone and vent to someone. So at that time, um, we were still in a time where people didn't really go to therapy. I didn't realize that, you know, my mental health was affected. So, um, uh, I do advocate for, uh, Hatch Youth, which is a Houston, uh, youth, min- not ministry, but I mean, it could be, it's a youth organization where they, um, they help out with kids in the same scenario. So parents put them out or they disown them because they came out, you know, as a part of the LGBTQ community, they offer housing for them. They offer opportunities to better and further their education to, you know, get them into jobs and stuff like that. So that to me is everything. Cause I think that that's what people need. That's what I needed too. <laughs> that's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's really cool to provide that for, um, teenagers and, and, uh, young adults or just adults who don't have anywhere to go. I think that's, that's really amazing that you're a part of that. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love what they're doing. I, I, it's just like, man, where was that? Whenever, you know, I was going through that, but I'm just so thankful that we've come to a time where that, and, you know, even if it was available, I don't think that I would have known it was available. That's so I think that's yes. So yeah. I agree. So it's like maybe it was available because Pride Lines has been around for 20 plus years. But wow. I didn't know about that because I wasn't because the visibility wasn't there. You know, like people aren't there. I feel like there's so many brands and people and, and opportunities that people aren't aware of just because they're not getting the visibility they deserve, you know. But to provide people, like, I'm glad that you shared this because now people know of another resource they could utilize if they're in Houston, you know? Sure. And I would hope, I would think that there's probably those type of places and organizations uh, per state. If it's not in your immediate city, maybe something that's nearby where you can get a ride out there or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, tell me what it's like to be an influencer. You know, what, what are the pros and cons? What have you experienced? Um, is it all glam and glory? Like we think it is, I think it's a, it's a nice way to get attention and to kind of, um, feed that inner, inner child of like the, you know, the kid that didn't get enough attention or, um, helps us kind of feel that we're seen and heard and acknowledged. But tell us what it's like from your perspective, because I, you know, I don't know. Right. Okay. Uh, so first thing I want to say, I'm more than thankful for the, I have a very loyal, loyal support system. Like, and my, my fan base and follower base, I can say are some of the most loyal. So I can appreciate them so much, but, uh, you know, obviously for every thousand supporters there's always going to be like a hater thrown in there every now and then so um it's a lot of fun creating like I enjoy so much coming up with ideas and then you know acting out these skits or uh putting on this outfit for this skit and um that aspect of it is what drew me to 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 do this because it's entertainment and, and it's fun um but how easily people can I will say people that are unhappy with themselves and miserable people can comment and um, perpetuate their self-hate on the internet. It, it's just so easy for, for people to do because on TikTok, for instance, it takes nothing to go make a, a, a TikTok. You can go on there, make a fake email. 
any password and you have a TikTok. They don't make you confirm anything. They don't make you confirm a phone number, or email. So how easy is it for people to go on there and make an account with no picture and just troll? So obviously, well, like with the following, obviously, like I said, comes haters and people that don't support what you do. And um, so, I mean, that, that gets tough. I would say at first it was a little like, well, damn, all right, sheesh. Like, I, I guess I just didn't expect for people to be so mean. I'm like, guys, it's an app. It's the internet. Like, you didn't have to come on my, my video was about, you know, how I just had the best damn in a good mood. And you just called me, you know, a fat lesbian. Jesus. Like, <laughs> you kind of just kept scrolling. Like, what? what? Yes, but, you could um, have kept scrolling. I agree. Seriously. Or, like, there's an option to press not interested. You can block me if you don't want to ever see me again. Jeez. But, no, like I said, it's just easy for people to um, kind of just put it on, on onto creators because, they are just that they are entertainment and they are creators. Would they ever say to say this to you walking down the street, seeing you? Hell no. Hell no. Uh, but like I said, um, it's fun. I enjoy it because it's, it's, it's minuscule when it, when it compares to the impact that I have and the positivity that, uh, I have, uh, with my supporters and stuff. So, um, I would say that a lot of people don't realize that what creators do go through and, uh, a lot of people that do follow me and if they don't know that I deal with <clears throat> having to overcome these platforms, suppressing, you know, uh, certain creators, especially me, I'll speak for me, um, because I believe because I'm a member of the LGBTQ community and I outwardly speak on it very outwardly. I'm very proud to be a part of that community and I don't know if they're having any success in trying to silence other creators and it's the fact that I'm so adamant and I just won't stop that they're like dude we have to get this chick out of here like I don't know what it is so um constantly battling that uh but I just feel like it's never gonna stop I'm, I'm never gonna stop and they can keep doing what they want I'm going to make this impact of you know having our voices be heard having the LGBTQ community be heard. There's too much mainstream heterosexuality, which there's nothing wrong with that, but we exist too. And correct, you know, um, I'm going to be here. I'm going to keep doing this so they can keep trying what they want. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Good. I love the persistence. And, um, you know, I mean, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. Oh, what is something that you Sorry, what is something that you wish you could see more in the LGBT community? Let's say narrow down a little bit more to the lesbian community mm -hmm. in general. What's something that you wish that you could see more of? Uh, on you, are you speaking in like online presence or just in like in life? As a whole, as a whole. Um, I'll, okay, a uh, uh, change in the lesbian community. I would say stop separating the community uh we already are in a community that is suppressed and uh people are against like let's all just support each other there's so much competition or people that don't want to see others do well for themselves or <clears throat> i don't know i'm a, i'm a lesbian I, I don't believe in the whole like super like labeling thing like mask lesbian studs stems i'm a lesbian i like women 
period, point blank. I don't want to be stuck in any box. You're not going to tell me that because I arch my eyebrows and I dye them and I make sure my hair is hairspray to perfection that I'm any less of a uh, a lesbian. Because people, they're like, uh, you're like 5'11", you're like mask and you know that, like they're just like trying to box me in. So I would just say like, if everyone would just put all their energy and try to pick and, and picking apart someone else and put it into just supporting each other, uh, supporting, you know, what they got going on. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. But can we just all love and support each other? <laughs> we have the entire world to face, to hate on us. Let's love each other. Shit. It's not that hard. <laughs> Amen, sister. For real. Amen. That's, that's yeah. out. All right. And, um, just final question before we, we log off. I don't want to take up too much of your time. What is the the legacy that, you know, Lolo D wants to leave behind? Oh, man. I don't know if I have just a straightforward answer to that. It's kind of like I just want to have left a positive impact on the world. Um, how or when or to, in what way? I don't think I know yet. I'm still young. I'm still, I'm still figuring this out. People think I just have all this figured out. They just see that I'm making these moves and um, that everything just looks good because they see the internet. They just see my Instagram. They see my TikTok. I'm still young. I'm still figuring this out myself. I just know I want to leave a positive impact and a huge one. And I think what a better person to do it. If I'm honest with you, I'm outspoken. I, uh, I love meeting new people. I'm not afraid of anything. Um, so that's all I know. <laughs> I love that. You're not to be vague, but <laughs> what, what helped you become not afraid of stuff? Um, I guess for me, I would say when I, whenever I decided to stop caring what anyone else thinks and just to live for me, that is the most rewarding feeling and the most freeing feeling in the world. And I think what caused that or what the catalyst was for that was whenever my dad had broke me. I'm like, okay, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. So I chose after that point, I mean, we, um, we did mend our relationship later on. Um, so that I'm happy about. But after going through something that's so shattering and it really was my lowest point, I learned to just care what I think. And I don't know if there's, you know, a, a quick handbook or guide to do that. But I just know that, you know, people need to love themselves through and through. And once you do and you stop caring what anyone else in the world thinks about it, is, it's amazing. And I think that causes what, no fear. Cause I'm tackling the world. I I'm confident. I love myself. You go, if you don't love me, then Hey, you're lost, but I'm going to keep it moving. So I guess that's kind of my mentality with everything. Let's go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, the best, you know, the best handles, uh, best platforms. Let them sure. know. So uh, so my primary focus right now is uh, my growth on Instagram because TikTok is so up and down. Uh, so my handle on Instagram is at the T-H-E Lolo D. And uh, that's going to be D-E-E. -E. Um, TikTok, 
I'm having a lot of confusion there. So the current one that I'm currently working with is Canceled Lolo, C-A-N-C-E-L-E-D Lolo. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. Right on. Well, I just that's wanted to it. thank you. That That's beautiful. I'm, I'm putting them on the screen so everyone can follow you and show support, show love. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and your stories and your experience. And I'm really happy to hear that you did mend your relationship with your father. I think that gives a lot of hope to people who have probably had similar struggles and maybe haven't gotten to that mending spot yet. But to know that, you know, it it is possible for someone like you to experience that kind of, um, kind of verbal attack, if you will, not to put your father down, but you know, let's call it what it is. Um, and for you to overcome that and still be able to build a relationship with him is beautiful and inspiring as shit. So keep on rocking. Um, so thanks again for being on Les Pod. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Alex. I had a blast and I am telling you, we are definitely going to be doing this again. So you just yes. be ready. And next time we're going to be on that background together. <laughs> absolutely. 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 <laughs>